Assalamualaikum. What's up, everyone? Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. I don't know if anyone else saw, but that Kirk Franklin Mother's Day video and uh, orchestra he put together was popping. That was dope. Good job. Shout out to Kirk Franklin. That was a jig. <laughs> There's something new that's coming. Yes, it's true. So I would like to introduce something new, and that is... The Four Pillars of Tea Time. What? Yes, the Four Pillars of Tea Time. So this is just a new organizational structure that I would like to bring to you all, introduce to you so that there's more structured structure in my podcast. You know, as someone who self-evaluates, I listen back to all of my podcasts all at once because I'm very focused and I listened and tuned into some of the things that I would like to update and change about my podcast just so that it's more appealing to you all it's more appealing to me so that I would want to listen to my own podcast and so that I'm continually growing and just trying new tactics to make what I create much better because that's just how I work that's how TT does things all right so let's get into it the four pillars of tea time are news and updates personal anecdotes, societal anecdotes, and research-based backing. What the heck does that mean? Well, basically, when I present to you a topic, I want you to be able to listen to it. So that means that I have my personal anecdotes, my personal story that I would like to tell, of course, because this is tea time. But in order to make it interesting to you, I like to pick out societal anecdotes so i want to focus on something that might be interesting in the media a a hot topic i want to pick a story that's not necessarily me for those of you who don't care about my life because i need to encompass all of my audience all of you so the last thing of course is research-based backing because i do believe that when you have a topic if you don't have any like science or an actual law or literature behind it, what you say really has no base. So in order for me and what I say to have some kind of backing and uh, substance, I definitely want to find uh, research-based backing. So basically, I want to research what it is that I'm talking about before I come and talk about it and say that this is how Tia thinks about Why does Tia think that way? That's what I use, I'm going to use that research-based backing for so that you understand why it is I think that way and where I'm coming from and whether or not it's valid. 
that's the four pillars of tea time. That is the new structure of how I'm going to do it. These things, oh, I'm sorry. I definitely, definitely forgot about news and updates. So news and updates is this right now. Welcome to the news and update pillar where I will just announce certain things. I get to speak to the audience about my life, about hot topics, things that aren't necessarily the topic of the podcast, but I get to bring it up. This will be the intro, the introduction, the start of my podcast from now on. If there is no update, I'm not going to make it up. I'll just say, hey, there's no update today. Let's move on to the next pillar. But the other update, the other pillars, the personal anecdotes, societal anecdotes, and research backing, that will not come in any order. It'll just come in the storyline that I put it into that week, depending on how it makes the story flow. So yeah, thank you all. I appreciate you for number one, listening to Tea Time Podcast. Number two, for everyone who followed me on Instagram when I made my Instagram page for the podcast, I appreciate you all. And number three, for anyone who has shared the podcast, anyone who has showed it to your friends, family, anybody else, you listen to it with a group of people, I appreciate you. Do me a favor and keep on listening. Keep on tuning in. Keep on listening. The more listeners that I get, the more successful my podcast will be. Not can, will be. So I appreciate you because you all make it successful. So shout out to all of my listeners. Let's move on. Wait, definitely we need a redo because I forgot to announce some breaking news, everyone. This is breaking, breaking news. Yesterday, I experienced a life-changing event. If anyone has me on social media, my personal page, they all witnessed the event with me. And yesterday, I would like to announce that Haley Williams, lead singer of the old band Paramore, put my entire face on her story, her Instagram story, yesterday and reposted my story commenting her about her new song taken which is one of my favorite songs on her new album i commented about her singing riffs because she replicated the riffs of michael jackson and i peep game you know what i mean and she reposted my whole face singing to her song on the story commenting on that I just got to say, this is completely, absolutely amazing breaking news because if you don't know, now you know, Haley Williams is like the Chris Brown of rock for me. Like, that girl is super talented. I love her. She had me in my emo phase in high school going off, being all depressed and stuff. And she had me like in my techno phase singing a like is is popping everyone go listen to pedals for armor Haley williams new album it's lit i was like one of few faces that got thrown on her page on her story uh i'm still on high because that that's amazing that's like chris brown commenting on a post of mine like i still can't talk all right let's move on <laughs> today's topic is every day is mother's day and I just wanted to comment on how beautiful this weekend's Mother's Day seemed to be. We're all quarantined in our houses. Some of us were unable to be with our mothers physically. Some of us have not been able to be with our mothers physically for a while. But 
I was so excited and happy at the reverence that everyone had on their pages, social media pages, and just the posts that were shooting around about how to honor your mother and the respect that a mother deserves. Um, even the posts about choosing not to be a mother and why they don't want to do that. And just those posts that were going around, it really kind of highlighted motherhood. It highlighted women. And I had to continue it. I had to speak about just the love of this weekend and bring it and continue it because I was taught growing up that every day is Mother's Day. So I would like to start this discussion with my personal anecdote pillar. And I'd like to speak just a little bit about my story and my mother and my relationship and even my weekend, uh, how I decided to celebrate Mother's Day in the house with my mother. Um, Growing up for me, uh, the relationship that I have with my mother is very complicated, but also very simple. So growing up with me, I did not appreciate my mother for the things that I appreciate her for now. It was very hard. To me, I was, I'm realizing that it is due to the fact that I was very caught up in my feelings. I was very caught up in my emotions. And so was she. We did not discuss our feelings and emotions with each other, but many times we would act out on our feelings and emotions at and against each other, which caused there to be this emotionless and stern relationship that was developed with me and my mother and that lasted even until now throughout my adulthood. The difference now is now I'm able to think about it and reflect on it and make the strides to kind of put some emotion and some lovey feeling into the relationship with my mother. Not that I don't love my mother. I love my mother. Always have, which is probably why our relationship was a source for so much pain for us. But we never had a very lovey, lovey-dovey relationship that I see others have with their mothers. For example... The song, Mama, Mama, you know I love you. That's a beautiful song. Beautiful song like uh, by uh, Boys to Men, right? Beautiful song by Boys to Men, but I could never listen to it. <laughs> it's, it's funny when I talk about it now because for some reason I could never listen to that song because I just did not feel that way when that song was playing on the radio back in the day. I didn't feel that, no. There wasn't any tenderness in the relationship with my mom. Our relationship was one of the disciplined and the disciplinary. And it seemed that with every step I take, no matter how successful I may have been in school, no matter how good I am, I never got in trouble in school. It always seemed that I was getting yelled at or disciplined for something. And I grew up with two younger sisters in the household. To me... My sisters need to be responsible for what they're responsible for. I need to be responsible for what I'm responsible for. And that would create peace in the house. And to me, when I was younger, it seemed that I was always responsible for everything. And I would get in trouble for everything that happened. So our relationship was one that was very stern. It wasn't very lovey-dovey. So I didn't listen to those lovey-dovey mama songs. The, when I got older, the only one I would listen to was Dear Mama by Tupac because I was like, all right, he speaks kind of generally. 
so I can I can think this about, you know, general black mothers. I could do that. I'll be that general black mother one day. So it's, it's funny just how painful my relationship with my mother was growing up. She being a single mom, raising three girls, three girls, Jesus Christ. She was a single mom doing that who always had a struggle. And I think now that I'm older, I'm an adult. And I see our situation for what it was in my eyes now. I think that she was always struggling. So any any like time we did not listen or pay attention to her, that was a big disrespect, huge disrespect, because we did not recognize the sacrifices she was making so that I could grow up being in soccer. I was on the soccer team. I could grow up and I had violin lessons, and I'm sure I complained when I wasn't able to do that. I remember going to a week of karate classes. I remember uh, being able to travel. We traveled to New York all the time with my grandmother when we lived in Southern Maryland. After we moved away from New York, I remember that she would always put us into the best schools. I remember going to private school. Throughout all of this time, my mom didn't have the actual means for all of these to happen, but she made it happen. She used her resources and pulled on supports to be able to put us in the best schools, to be able to put us in the sports, to be able to to put us in the activities so that we could grow up in an environment that was conducive with what she was teaching us, number one, but she was no longer able to homeschool us. But what she was teaching us was to do something with your brain. She always told us that idle mind is the devil's playground. So make sure you're always thinking, make sure you're reading, all of that. She would read to us. And this is what my mom did. But as a child, of course, and especially as a teenager, where our our relationship got really, really extremely rocky, um, I didn't recognize those things at all. And like I said before, this influences our relationship today to where when I was in high school my plan was to go to college and to never go back into the house to never move back home so after college I moved out to Baltimore because I was a teacher I got the job as a teacher and I did not go home (laughs) when I went up to Jersey on the weekends it was to visit friends I might stop by things like that. But because of the relationship that was so rocky and kind of emotionless that we developed, lack of communication, I just wanted to get away. I wanted to get away from it so that I can live a happier life with people who I believe love me the way that I wanted to be loved. So that and having to come home now, I just happened to be home. I said, hey, look, I could go live at home fix my finances, uh, save up, invest in some things with the money I'm not spending on rent because I started realizing rent is really a scam, yo. It is a scam. But um, I'm home now because I wanted to save up. I was using this time to grow my financial assets, which has been successful. But it is funny, now I'm stuck at home in quarantine. I'm not stuck with friends in quarantine or roommates in quarantine. I'm stuck at home with the mother that I never really ironed out the relationship with. So now we are in the ironing out process as two adults speaking with each other and having to live together and me having to respect her rules under her roof. 
So this weekend for Mother's Day, we weren't on the best of terms. It was a little thing that happened, but I wasn't happy with how she spoke to me or made an assumption about me. And when I woke up on Mother's Day, I hadn't spoken with her really because what I do is avoid so that there's no further conflict. I stay away so that nothing else has to happen. But for Mother's Day, I went downstairs, woke up. I think after listening to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan calming my soul, I read my Quran, and I went downstairs on Mother's Day, and I said, Happy Mother's Day, Ma, and I gave her a kiss on the cheek, which is rare in my household. So that made her smile a lot. And then I did what I really, really, really did not want to necessarily do because I like my own time. But I said, Ma, is there anything that you would like for Mother's Day? She said, yes. Okay. And then she continued it with this. I would like some help cleaning. And she she asked it with a face, too, because she knows I hate, 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 hate cleaning other people's mess. (laughs) Um, But I took a deep breath. And I said, okay, okay, I can help you clean. And just for the morning of Mother's Day, I helped her to clean up downstairs in the house, her bathroom. I cleaned up her office and I cleaned up the living room. And it was nice. I felt good. I was doing something, number one, for someone else. And number two, I was doing it for my mother. And that made it all the better. And I used and practiced patience in order to do it. And that's something I've been personally working on. And I could just feel that it created peace in the house for that day. My mom felt better. She got up and she put a smile on her face. And she really appreciated my gift. And I really appreciated being able to do it for her, especially with quarantine happening. And I wasn't able to go see my grandmother for Mother's Day. So there was that missing piece of the lovey-dovey. Um, that I usually get when I see my grandmother that I didn't receive because of quarantine and not going over to my grandmother's house to celebrate anything. And it was a nice feeling, though. I had, like, kind of sat down on my uh, memories and kind of grudges, not really grudges, but my pain that's still in me. I kind of put that down and put just trying to be kind, trying to be nice to my mother first. And that made my Mother's Day a beautiful day. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, And I wanted to tell this story because not everyone has an amazing relationship with their mother. People have worse relationships than what I have. Some people have beautiful best friend relationships with their mothers. But with all of those different stories and all of those different relationships... There's some critical things, and that's communication, love, and patience. And I think that's critical, especially with our mothers, because our mothers had all of that for us growing up, even if we didn't realize it. We saw it as discipline. We saw it as being mean. We saw it as you not trying to let me live my life. We saw it as you keeping me away from friends. But our mothers did what they did for us growing up because they loved us. My mom could have put me up for adoption. My mom could have kicked me out the house, which she has tried, but 
She could have done all of these things and actually made it happen, but she put her foot down and struggled. And a lot of our mothers put their feet, feet down and struggle, even if they do have to put us up for adoption. There's a struggle that they were facing, and they, they gave birth to us. They brought us into this world, so we do owe them honor. And that's something that I felt and was able to experience this Mother's Day. So I'm, I'm very happy and proud of it this Mother's Day. And I pray that you all had a beautiful Mother's Day as well, whether that was physically, spiritually, mentally with your mothers. I pray that you had a nice reflective moment and you were able to be loving, patient, and caring, and kind to a mother, any mother, not just yours. All right, so that was today's first pillar of the day, my personal anecdote. Now we are going to move on to a societal anecdote. I want to highlight something that happened over the weekend that many of us may have tuned into because it was absolutely amazing and beautiful, and that is the Erica Badu and Jill Scott's music versus yeah it was still called a versus but they weren't really in a battle but we are going to get into that anecdote talk about that remember that relive that two black queens doing a thing for the mother's day weekend showcasing black sisterhood it was absolutely wonderful but let's get back into that story after this break Watch this. It's spelled T-I-A, but you can call me T-T. That's me. Yeah, out of steps. It's spelled T-I-A, but you can call me T-T. That's me. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you all for tuning I don't know why I speak like this. Why can't I speak like a human being? Maybe one day I'll make sure I can speak like a human being. Instead of a goat being born with a tongue Okay. Maybe. Maybe we can only wish. Well, as I was saying, welcome back. I am so happy for everyone. Thanks for staying tuned. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to Tea Time Podcast. All right. So, Jill Scott and Erica Badu, two dope queens. No shade to the HBO special, right? Two dope queens getting together. If you do not know, Instagram versus battles were something that were started during the quarantine since we're trapped in the house and some people are bored. Musicians have been going on live together on Instagram and they have been going tat for tat with their music going against each other one that i paid a little bit of attention to was babyface versus teddy riley who are two kings in r&b and they had a versus battle so they were using their songs against each other for people to choose who did it the best who did it the best hmm and those were cool it's cute you know I have not been very interested in the versus battles, except for like, you know, oh, I remember that song. I haven't listened to it in a while, Uh, but I haven't been very interested in the versus battles until, until, right? Until Jill Scott and Erica Badu, two of my favorite, 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 favorite 
musicians, two of my favorite, 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 favorite R&B vocalists said and announced that they, on May 9th, Mother's Day weekend, were doing a versus battle. Now, I was so excited, and I also imagined this battle being the same structure as every other battle, about an hour or whatever, and they have songs that they're just going to go head-to-head on each other. Cut it out. Cut it out. Stop it right now. That is not what went down. That is not what happened. Erica Badu and Jill Scott got together, and it was more of a celebration of black womanhood. It was more of a celebration of music and putting your truth into your music and writing and collaborating and rooting for women, like sisters rooting for sisters, women rooting for women. It was a celebration instead of a battle. And it was the best thing. We all needed it. It spiritually uplifted us. They spoke about some of their struggles. They spoke about some of the excitements of being on stage. They talked about squeezing buck cheeks when they have to sing a high note. And it was just amazing. Like, it was amazing. We all needed it. And they shut down the versus battle mindset. They shut it down. Absolutely. And I'm just going to play a clip real quick from it of these two queens reverencing and celebrating each other. Erica Badu started speaking about Jill Scott when she first came out. Listen to the clip. Thank you. Thank you. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you, Ruth. Thank you, Erica. I'm sorry, that was my fault. (laughs) Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you so much. I went to, um, I don't think you even knew, when you first came out, I think I had just shaved my head at this time. I shaved shaved my head, and um, you were at the House of Blues of maybe in L.A., and I happened to be in L.A. at the same time. You probably didn't even see me, but... um, I remember that night. I remember that night. I didn't know what to do. I, you you were backstage and I I just did not know what to do. I remember I that very front, clearly. I was in the front row looking up at you. I was on the front row looking up at you singing and uh, you sang with such passion and such um, intention. You know I couldn't help but but cry. And uh, you didn't see me out there. I was right there in front of you, right there. I got it but I saw you when you came backstage, and I, I regretted that. I regretted that because I honestly did not know what to do. I was overwhelmed when I saw you. <laughs> I, I didn't know what to do. So I was like, I, 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 just give me a minute. And I think you left after that. I wouldn't blame you because, uh, you know, you are Erica Badu, you know. At the time, I, I honestly was just, I think I was in awe, and it was it was that kind of night. You know, yeah. yeah. So whatever was happening that night, you you let it out, and you um you gave it to us. You gave thank it to you. And we you always it. do. Yeah, yeah. Ah, thank you. Yeah, you gave it to us. Did you hear it? Were you listening? Did you hear what I heard? Because they did not drag each other down. They did not say, "Well, I got more hits than you." Well, remember, I did no. there was none of that. It was two women celebrating each other, speaking on a time where, you know, that may have been misunderstood by other women and created a battle or probably in the media. They try to pin sister against sister because of that. Somebody saw that Erica Badu and Jill Scott didn't greet each other. 
they just reminisce together coming up in this music hood with as being two black women and how they both kind of you can tell that they both kind of inspire each other's music right Erica Badu said that she came to tears because of how Jill Scott was singing on stage and I think it's just beautiful for two women to be speaking like that about each other no shade no issue, no problem, no man influencing what's going on. Like, it was just a celebration of women on Mother's Day weekend. Two mothers. Like, that's beautiful. That was awesome. And I would love to see some more of that, honestly. But it's definitely a moment that we won't forget about and we shouldn't forget about. And we should replicate that in how we relate to other women in our personal lives, how we relate to our friends. Are we holding our friends back? Do we we throw shade when they're successful and we feel we should be there and you know what I mean? We do we throw shade when um something is going on in their life and they don't seem to be paying attention to us. We we gotta just show love, not only for our mothers but for other women, because all of us are mothers. Even if we decide to never give birth, all of us are mothers. It is in our nature. So we cannot give birth, and we can still mother somebody. We can still mother someone. And we never know when we do that. But we can be a good mother or a bad mother. When we always show love, as women, we will always be good mothers. So we should definitely show love to all women that come into contact with us. We should show love to especially our sisters. As sisters, we got to stick together because, you know, the media is always pinning black women against black women. You always got, is it going to be Lil' Kim? Is it going to be Meg Thee Stallion? Like, disclaimer. I definitely meant to say Nicki Minaj, not Lil' Kim. Don't think Lil' Kim has been compared to Meg Thee Stallion. Lil' Kim is a little older than that generation. Nicki Minaj has been, though. So, technically, I'm still right. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> so, now, let's get back to it. Let those women live. They are living their life. They are They are great. They don't need any competition in order to be great. There's no limit on the media space that one person can get. The only limit is how we think about the media that is put around them. When we buy into this pinning women against women, sister against sister, then we we recreate that narrative. But shout out, again, Jill Scott, Erica Badu, for that versus battle that they turn into a celebration of womanhood. Shout out to them because... That had me on high, and a lot of us on high. That was great. I was burning incense and everything. Because <laughs> that's it's, all of their music. Oh, beautiful. I would have stayed in my, my uh, emo paramore phase and still been there if it weren't for Erica Badu and Jill Scott and just the, the love and the knowledge that they put into their music because they always come with the facts in their music. They don't come with anything trivial. They spit straight facts in beautiful ways, sexy ways, awesome ways. So shout out to those two queens. I was excited for that. If you didn't watch it, just type in Jill Scott, Erica Badu on YouTube. Boom, first video to come up. But let us move on to our next pillar, which of course is... So I wanted to end... The podcast on a scientific note and I wanted to end with the idea of childbirth for mothers who are already out there 
our mothers who are listening, right? I just wanted to go in to the idea of childbirth and what it actually is because we don't pay enough attention to it and we kind of demonize childbirth nowadays, which I don't appreciate. You, I think every woman has the right to have or not to have a child. I don't care. I don't have any issue with that. But the way that society demonizes having a child and that responsibility, I'm not with that at all. That's, that's, that's all smoke. That's BS. And that's not okay. Because childbirth is a beautiful thing, and we would not he- be here to make that decision if it weren't for a woman who gave birth to us. So I just wanted to go share some statistics on childbirth in the United States of America, general and also black women specifically, because we have an entirely different world when it comes to childbirth in this health system that needs to be highlighted. And I'm glad people uh, like Insecure by Issa Rae in that show, they spoke about childbirth and the disparities of childbirth from white women to black women and how doctors never listen to black women, how doctors may wait until the moment where a black woman's life is at risk. And she she now dies because of childbirth, because they didn't want to listen to her when she came to the doctor with the pains and the issues she's she was having with birth. There's a whole psychological uh, conditioning, conditioning behind that as to why doctors can do that. But right now we're just going to talk about some data. So this is from the CDC website and just some fun facts. The number of births. For the U.S. are 3,791,712. The birth rate is 11.6 per 1,000, which was very low. I didn't think about that. Uh, Fertility rate is 59.1 births per 1,000 women aged 15 to 44, which was also low. I was very surprised at that. So these are interesting. In, excuse me, I cannot speak. I promise you, I can't speak. That is because it's and I'm recording during the day, and my tongue is just like. I think that's what's going on, because it can't just be me. I know that I can speak. I've done presentations. Anyway, let me get on my bag. Back to the statistics. Uh, so the fertility rate, rate we did, percent born low birth rate is 8.3%. All right, now it's getting boring. Let's go to a different page. So this is a different page of the CDC. The number of vaginal deliveries is 2,581,992. The number of cesarean deliveries or C-sections is 1,208,176. And the percent of all deliveries by cesarean or C-section is 31.9%. These are all statistics, by the way, from the year of 2018. So now to some statistics about black women. This information is from nationalpartnership.org. And this is an article entitled Black Women's Maternal Health. It says that black women are three to four times more likely to experience a pregnancy-related death than white women. And also, 
black women are more likely to experience preventable maternal health compared to white women. Black women's heightened risk of pregnancy-related death spans, income, and educational levels. So you can be a super rich black woman, but you'll still have a heightened risk. As we saw with, I believe it was Serena Williams, she almost died giving birth to her child because the doctors who were seeing her did not listen to her concerns about her pregnancy. And the psychology behind that, I have read, I can't remember where right now, but a psychologist wrote a book, and in there he was speaking about how black women by doctors are seen as being able to take pain. So when we come to doctors with complications, they don't actually look into the issues that we are coming to them with. Whereas, you know, like, let's say a little girl and a little boy, when a little girl falls and scrapes his knee, you kind of go, okay, get over it. When a little girl falls and scrapes her knee, there's a little more concern with that. And so there's a psychology behind that that makes us do things like that. And those doctors have those psychological disparities with white women and black women when it comes to our maternal health. So let's go on to some more bullet points. Black women are three times more likely to have fibroids, which are benign tumors that grow in the uterus and can cause postpartum hemorrhaging, than white women, and the fibroids occur at a younger age and grow more quickly for black women. Black women display signs of preeclampsia earlier in pregnancy than white women. This condition, which involves high blood pressure during pregnancy, can lead to severe complications including death if improperly treated. If improperly treated. Black women experience physical weathering, meaning their bodies age faster than a white woman's due to the exposure to chronic stress linked to socioeconomic disadvantage and discrimination over the life course, thus making pregnancy riskier at an earlier age. Mm. That last one hit me. That last one hit me. Because we love, 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 love to say, black don't crack. Yeah, black don't crack. But apparently it does, just on the inside. Because we have all these health issues and these health concerns internally that are affected by the racism and the white supremacy that we experience every day and that we have taken on as normal and something we just have to deal with. Not only have we taken it on as normal, so have the doctors. Oh, the black woman is, um, she's a little worse on the inside. She's already had fibroids when she was like 13. Oh yeah, she's black. That's, that's what happens to them. They take it on as normal. So now more black women are dying from childbirth due to that, due to the lack of concern for the health of black women due to white supremacy. So always throwing race in there because everything is in this society involved in race. Sorry, not sorry. You're going to have to face the facts and I'm here to spit the facts research pillar. Uh, But um, I just wanted to read those statistics because you are a miracle. That's what that means. That's what those those statistics mean. The birth rate is pretty low. The amount of people getting pregnant 
and wanting a child is pretty low compared to the past. But for some reason, you're here. For some reason, I'm here. That means that the task that our mothers committed, the task that our mothers completed, for us to be here with eyes and ears watching and listening, for us to be able to absorb intelligence, we're miracles. We are miracles because we could have been any of these cases where our mothers passed away at birth. We could have been any of these cases where we didn't come out right because of birth complications. We could have been any of these cases. So happy Mother's Day. Every day is Mother's Day because every day there is a new mother and every day what we do is because of what our mothers have done for us. So definitely go on, honor your mother. Definitely show some respect to your fellow sister. Show some respect to your fellow woman of any shade, any culture. And let's just show some love and be better people, know what I mean? I know we're stuck inside, but we can still show love on social media to random people. We can still show love to our neighbors and be kind. If we see a pregnant woman, we can give her a prayer and we can say, I hope you stay healthy. I hope you are healthy. Like anybody wants to send love to my sister, she's pregnant. Thank God that she is healthy and has been healthy and I'm excited. But man, women, we are, we are amazing. And it's funny because my stepfather came to me a few days ago and he said, man, Women, y'all, y'all are different creatures. You really push out a baby from your womb. Dang. And it's, it's like when we stop and pause and really think about the simplicities of life, like what childbirth is. Oh, by the way, let me read what childbirth is, okay? Because our bodies change when we're pushing out a child. Very interesting. So this information is from PregnancyBirthBaby.org. Explicit detail alert. And this little section is called How the Pelvis is Designed for Childbirth. With a little picture. I'm going to make this picture the picture of our show today. Your pelvis is located between your hip bones. Women typically have wider, flatter pelvises than men, as well as a wider pelvic cavity hole to allow a baby to pass through. The organs sitting in a woman's pelvis include the uterus, cervix, and vagina, which are held together by a group of muscles. During childbirth, the muscles at the top of the uterus press down on the baby's bottom. Your baby's head then presses on your cervix, which, along with the release of the hormone oxycodone, brings on contractions. Your cervix should dilate so your baby can pass through it. Your pelvis has bones and ligaments that move or stretch as the baby travels into the vagina. Your baby also has spaces between the skull bones called sutures. And the gaps where the sutures meet on the skull are called fontanelles. This allows for the baby's head to mold as the skull bones meet or overlap, allowing it to fit more easily as it travels through the pelvis. What? That sounds crazy. Oh, my God. Our, like, muscles move. To push a baby out. They, like, move for a baby to fit into our stomachs. (laughs) A woman's body is beautiful. (laughs) 
And a woman's body is not beautiful for its shape, but a woman's body is beautiful for what it is able to produce, for what it entices in a man. Not lust, but love, the one to protect that woman. You know what I mean? So I don't think we can fathom how amazing childbirth or being a woman is until we do it. I haven't done it yet. Hopefully one day I will. Will I'm going to wait a few more days after reading that description because that sounds horrible. But just the reverence that our mothers and the honor that our mothers deserve right there in that right there in the physical description of how a child gets out. But also notice that the child's head molds too, which might explain why they actually cry. Side note, but that must hurt. Their head is like being crushed to fit through a little hole. But anyway, man, happy Mother's Day, everyone. I hope you had a beautiful weekend. I hope you continue to have a beautiful weekend. Remember and take on the mental mantra that every day is mother's day so be kind to your mothers be kind to the mothers around you go love on a mother any mother doesn't have to be yours man just do it go pray for any mother that you've ever had any mother step into your life and just show love that's the best reverence that we can give is love so thank you everyone again for tuning in to Tea time, tea time, tea time. I'm happy that you all came. Thank you for trying out this new pillar system with me. I'm excited. This is dope. And we're going to keep moving, keep growing. I appreciate you all. You have a blessed day. Peace. Hey, I got to give a shout out. Shout out to the Trip Sisters, Yosefa and Pelpina on Instagram. Yosefa, J-O-S-E-F-F-A, and Pelpina, P-E-L-P-I-N-A, for their camera confidence course that I'm currently enrolled in and their lesson on day two of planning out your video and planning your body for your video. I use that today in order to record this podcast, and I must say, it is the reason why I created the four pillars. So shout out to the Trip Sisters. Shout out to their camera confidence course. Go follow them on Instagram and check them out on YouTube. Thank you. Peace. <laughs> By the way, all of the resources cited in this episode of the podcast can be found in the show notes. If you would like to check out any of the pregnancy research yourself, if you'd like to check out Jill Scott and Erica Badu, all of that is in the show notes. Click away, click away. Don't forget to share Tea Time Podcast with your friends. Don't forget to listen on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. And thank you. I appreciate you all. Peace. Thank you.